welcome back to Popcorn Premieres. I'm your host, Logan Thompson, joined by our co-host... Ethan Kaufman. Hey, hi, hello. And we are going to be talking about more box office. Woo. Yeah, woo! So so exciting. But first, we're going to start off with some awards talk. No movie awards have happened no. this past weekend, but you know what we did have, Ethan? The Grammys. Oh my God, we had the Grammys. That is right. And typically the Grammys are really weird. They have a, an award for uh, best score soundtrack for like visual media, which counts as TV and film. Joker won for score in 2021. So that movie did not actually come out in 2021. No. Or 2020. Yeah. Came okay. Out in 20, yeah, I, I, right? It's, it's really weird. But this year... They actually nominated relevant things to this year, which is very rare for them. Good for them. Or sorry, not nominated. They had, they had winners that are kind of relevant um, and actually might have implications for the Oscars. What was I made for? You know, yes. Billie Eilish. She does it again, and Oppenheimer for best score. So whoa, mind blowing. And just because I thought this was kind of funny to uh, point out, the other nominees for best score this year counted uh it had barbie that's a normal nominee indiana jones that's also a normal nominee then the other two were black panther wakanda forever and the fablemans why what are we doing i, I don't know they're so behind it's really weird like the schedule of the grammys i, I don't get know maybe other people get it but yeah it's just like come on but yeah so even though the Grammys typically don't have any Oscar implications, I thought it was kind of interesting because Billie Eilish won a Grammy for the song No Time to Die uh, yes. for the best song written for visual media award that they do. And then it won an Oscar. Mm -hmm. So to me, in my opinion, this is telling that What Was I Made For is the favorite to win the Oscar. Maybe I'm just Ken. But, like, I think What Was I Made For is the favorite. And Oppenheimer, that's a lock. Yeah. Like, that, that's such a lock. <laughs> I would agree on both of those. I think, like, obviously the performance of I'm Just Ken is probably going to be one of the highlights of Oscar night. Yes. But I think in terms of what's actually going to take home that award, like, there's the argument that, like, oh, she won two years ago. They're not going to do that again. Yeah. They are. I'm Just Ken just does not have the juice to take it down, I don't think. Um and in terms of Oppenheimer with score, I absolutely agree. I don't think, like, what do you got? Killers? Poor yeah. things? Indiana Jones? Please. John Williams. I, I swear to God, John Williams, if you take <laughs> this award away from Oppenheimer, it's it's going to be a bad day. It's going to be a really bad day I for mean, you, the John nomination Williams. over Boy and the Heron, Spider-Verse, yeah. already making me mad. But, like, Oppenheimer... I feel it in my bones and everyone feels it in their bones. It's yeah. going to win. And it's one of the most deserving winners we've had in like a while. Yeah. I mean, I don't see a world where it gets taken down. I, I mean, Babylon, I don't know if you've seen Babylon, yeah. but it was a very deserving winner oh, yeah. for score. And it lost to all quiet on the Western front with its like score. Wah, that was just wah, the same thing. Wah. Yeah. Like that's all the score <laughs> that's was. That's all it is. And that beat like the best score I've ever heard in a movie. That is what so, I am most mad about from last year's Oscars. Yeah, me too. I'm still bitter. I'm going to be bitter 
Twitter until I'm like nine years Babylon old. Babylon fan for life and right here. Seriously, me yeah. too. Babylon Hive. Let's go. Let's go. We play Voodoo Mama at the dorm parties. How did that lose? Seriously. Seriously. Um, but yeah, and I, I listen to Finale all the time. Yeah. I just, I, I just love it. We should probably, yes. <laughs> probably move on uh, from this uh, little ramble. But yeah, I think we're good with talking about the Grammys. Or do you have any other thoughts you'd like to add? Not really. Okay. Yeah. So good day, on. Good day for the Swifties. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's yeah. mention that quickly. Taylor Swift, new album. Let's go. Thoughts? Are you a Swifty? I, I am like a mild to moderate Swifty. Yes. Yeah, me too. I would say I listened to Midnight's at Midnight. Oh. Yeah. Not because I meant to, but I was like up. And then I knew it was the Midnight's Day just because of all the hype. Mm -hmm. And I saw it was Midnight and I was like, you know what? Sure. (laughs) And then it put me to sleep. Not in like a a bad way. I had a huge speak now phase over the summer because of Taylor's version. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. Yeah. Even if it is the Dead Poets Society album, just based (laughs) on the name. That, I mean, I like Dead Poet Society. Who doesn't? Exactly. Taylor's you gonna know? win Best Picture. Oh yeah, she'll find a way. Totally, she she will. They're gonna they're gonna open up the Oscars. They're gonna be like, by the way, Taylor Swift's concert, you know, the Eras tour. <laughs> that is the eleventh nominee for Best Picture. Best Just actress to let you goes know. to Taylor Swift in Nyad. Oh. <laughs> Taylor Swift would have done a better job in that. Absolutely. <laughs> Not really. I, I feel like that was just a bad script, to be honest. I don't know. After I I'll, saw I'll it. I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, you should watch it, I'll eventually, watch it eventually. Like before the Oscars. Yeah. Just to like experience it. To experience Nyad. Yeah. All right. Because Nyad is, it, it's an experience. I'm sure it is. Yeah. An upsetting experience. Aw. Because like, y- you know what could have been there instead of Nyad. Yeah. Or at least instead of Annette Benning. Jodie yeah. Foster was good. I like Jodie Foster. I've heard I'm good fine things. with that. Jodie Foster, yes. There yeah. are good things. Shifting over to box office. Box office. We have a new number one this week that is not Mean Girls or The Beekeeper. <gasps> and that number one is Argyle. Argyle. Oh my God. I never have to see that trailer again. No. Oh my gosh. Let's go. It's such a relief, right? <laughs> Like, don't you just feel like a million pounds is just lifted off Completely. of your back? Like, I, I feel free. You I feel like, free? You went yeah. and saw it. Well, like, I feel free because I can go to the movies now and never have to that's think fair. about it again. All right. Because I saw it, and now it's it's over. We're going to talk over. about it here, and then that's it. Good. So, yeah, Argyle, do you have any thoughts just about its performance or anything? Because I know you haven't seen it. Right, but... I haven't. Look, I'm anti-Argyle. i got to be honest. That trailer was the most annoying thing I ever had to see. Yeah. <laughs> Constant. Um, no, I was, at least with predictions, I think, last week, I had it... I had it in the 20, 30 million where you did, but I did, I think, have it on the lower end. Mm-hmm. This doesn't surprise me. Yeah. 18 million. Yeah, it it, it underperformed projections. Um, I think the whole thing with Argyle, and I think what we're going to see with a lot of movies this year, is that Rotten Tomatoes is going to be a huge teller. Yeah. You know, because I think if, if Argyle had a good critic score, like, that was at least just, like, 60%. Yeah. I think it would have at least made twenty million. I agree with you. But it, it, right now, uh, just for context for everyone, uh, Argyle has thirty four percent critics and then seventy percent audience. You know, I guess it's a cl- crowd pleaser type of film, but it just it has seventy percent. So not twists. even that high though for audience. Yeah, for audiences, it's really not that high, and yeah, I mean the reason why Argyle is so low as somebody that had to 
suffer and sit through Argyle is just plot twists, you know, and just even though there are fun moments, they just have so many plot twists where you kind of just lose focus on the narrative. And yeah, I don't know. It just, it kind of sucked. I made a little YouTube review about it and I compared it to eating junk food because it's the type of thing where you're watching it and sometimes you feel good, other times you feel bad. And then after you watch it, you feel like complete crap. Yeah. Same thing with junk food. Sometimes you feel good, sometimes you feel bad. And afterwards, Uh, I just wanted to talk maybe a little bit about the false advertising for this film because I think so far this year we've seen a few cases of just bad advertising with like Mean Girls where it tried to hide it was a musical. In this film, I mean, when you saw the trailers, how big of a role did you think Henry Cavill had? I I would say not much, but I've also, like, I feel like I'm more primed to, like, kind of try to figure that out. True. Yeah. Because, um, like, I'll, I'll go see a lot, but I used to go see everything. Yeah. And, it, like, just being on campus with Cinemopolis, the more convenient theater. Yeah. And, like, stuff like this only playing at the Regal. It's like there's there's real estate and not everything I can see in a theater, nor yeah. do I want to. Yeah. And so when I watch a trailer, I do try to look for stuff like that. And I think like Henry Cavill being kind of the centerpiece of that that one scene in the trailer, like that mm-hmm. opens that. But other than that, it's just Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell. Yeah. On the on the whole adventure. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But then like I just I feel like Henry Cavill's in the he center is a name. of the poster. Yeah, and he's like a big name and. Like, when they were showing the cast, like, at the end of the trailer, and they did, like, the... He was the first one. He's not the star. He's in somewhere between five and 15 minutes of this movie. That's not a lot of minutes. Yeah. Like, this is almost two and a half hours, this movie. It's two and a half hours? Almost. It's, like, two hours and 18 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, two hours and 18 minutes of Argyle. Of Argyle. Yes. (laughs) That that is um, two hours and 18 minutes more than I needed of Mm -hmm. Argyle. I probably got two hours and 18 minutes of Argyle. Just just from the trailers. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I I want to calculate that. I'm probably not far off. No, you're probably not. At least, like, a solid hour. Definitely. Yeah. And anyways, like, that's kind of Argyle. Probably not much more to talk about. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about Argyle with a different movie, which we talked about last week and is coming back this week. And I'm so excited to talk about it in a couple of minutes. Because first, we do need to talk about religion. Yay. The Chosen. The Chosen. Uh, If you don't know what The Chosen is, The Chosen is a Christian like TV show all about sort of like the life of Jesus. And Ethan, have you ever seen The Chosen before? Nope. No, I haven't either. So I don't want to critique on the quality of the show because IMDb makes it look like a really good show. So I'm sure that if you believe in Jesus and if you're like a religious person, this show is amazing. And I mean, you can see this show made six million dollars this weekend for a tv show at the movie theaters that's awesome so good for the chosen good for religion (laughs) good for jesus uh but anyways yeah i just i think it's really interesting because this show has done like its premiere at theaters but now it's doing two episodes every two weeks at theaters 
I feel like it's kind of cool. It is. Yeah. I like that. And I just, I feel like that's really interesting. And it's uh, it's interesting just to see it experiment with that. Also for it to be done by Fathom Events is right. kind of cool. Cause I feel like Fathom Events is sort of unappreciated because yeah. they're the ones that do like the re-releases of all these movies where if you never got to see it in theaters when, cause you weren't born yet or you were too young, you get a chance to. Right, yeah. Uh, like they're doing Dune, which I, think i'm gonna try to do like really? the old uh the oh. old dune. yeah not the not the new dune. Oh. <laughs> um but uh yeah they're doing like the 50th anniversary or something of david lynch's dune and yeah. i feel like that's kind of cool some of my fondest memories are fathom events exactly there you go yeah so yeah you know good for them but it, i think it's going to be really cool just to see how this does and then could we see like actual not actual more mainstream TV shows try to replicate this, like Stranger Things or The Boys or House of the Dragon. I mean, do you think that anything else is going to try this? I I definitely see a world for this to like become a thing. I don't think I don't think it's going to be like on release. Like they'll release it in theaters when it premieres. But I definitely mm-hmm. think after the fact, like holding events like that, um, definitely for more like cinematic shows, so like Stranger Things, yeah, the Bo- like that kind of stuff. Um, I would, I would go see TV in theaters. I would do that. Yeah, I would totally see yeah. like Stranger like the, the Stranger Things finale. Oh, it's yeah. probably going to be a feature length thing. I mean, the finale of season four is like two and a half hours. Yeah, like that that is a mo- that's a long movie. Yeah, and I bet season five probably like three hours. Probably. You know, um, so that that would be really cool. Yeah, but Netflix I know did apparently like make a strong commitment sometime like last week where they said they don't want to do any theatrical things. So we'll see if they stick to that, because I'm a big advocate, personally, for Netflix to do more theatrical stuff. Yeah. Are you the same way? Yeah. For Netf- okay, just for any... I'm just an advocate of the theatrical experience. Me too. Uh, yeah. And anywhere I can get it, I will. I would like to. Exactly. Unless it's Argyle. <laughs> That's fair. But, like, there's a lot of movies where it's, like, if Netflix released it in theaters, I would have seen it. And yeah. now, if, since it's on Netflix, I'm just not really caring. I know. Like, there's that Gal Gadot movie they did last summer. If that played in theaters, I would have seen it, yeah. personally. I, but, like, Glass Onion, because they did that for a week, and yeah. I went, and it was, it was a packed theater, and it was, like, one of my favorite theater experiences of the year. Really? That's awesome. I wish I got a chance to do that, but I did It was so didn't. much fun. Yeah. That week was, I remember I wanted to, but I was busy yeah. for something. Um, anyways, I think that's, or no, that's not all we have for this little chosen segment. Uh, there's also just the fact that at the end of this month, there's this movie called Ordinary Angels being released by Lionsgate coming out. And right now it's projected to make nine to 14 million, but it's another just sort of religious type of film. Could the chosen and its popularity either diminish or help Ordinary Angels? What do you think? I've never heard of this, so just kind of going off the top of my head. I think so. I think, like, especially having Lionsgate behind it, pushing it, and just, like, going off the momentum of something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, I feel like it's just going to be kind of interesting to see, like, maybe this could be a movie that is sort of a sleeper $20 million debut hit or something. I think every so often you have, like, a movie like this that just kind of, like, you'll see, like, on the AMC app, I'll be scrolling, and it's just like, ooh, new religion movie just dropped. Sound sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. That wasn't really a religious movie, though. It was released by a religious studio, but, like, the movie itself wasn't really religious. They just sort of had a 
before and after message that were both religious. Yeah. But the movie itself was like a normal movie. Um, I'm not an advocate for Sound of Freedom, <laughs> but I am an advocate for the fact that it was okay. <laughs> and it was better than Dial of Destiny. Dial of I Destiny. I will say that. And How many times are we going to mention Dial of Destiny today? I'd rather not. I don't not. know. I feel like we've talked about it quite a it's, bit. It's triggering. It I is. think about Spider-Verse every time. That's yeah. my baby. And we're boy in the hair. And oh. the, bo- both, both of them. Get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here, John. John, I've had enough of you, John. Make like an original score. <laughs> if you make like a, an original score that doesn't mostly have reruns of like they're so good. Songs, yeah, like he's so talented, and also yeah. like I didn't mind the Indiana Jones score. No, of course, it's just it, you it was know good. what it is exactly. But like, if get get on a Spielberg movie, you know, get get yeah. on, you know, get on like the next big Spielberg movie, and I hope you win that Oscar. Yeah, I do. I, I want you to win something, John. But I don't want you to win off of like a re-release. We need or one more all-timer so they can yes. give him the Oscar and then decide yes. that they are actually going to give it to the Spider Verses and the Boy and the Herons instead yes. of the, the compilation albums. Yes, or the compilation albums. Yes, yeah. my bad. Uh, anyways, moving on now to oh my god, the best part of this episode. Let's go the beekeeper, Jason Statham. It is back, and He's back. it is at number three. He is killing it. He is killing it. The beekeeper. We love you, Jason. We do love you, Jason. <laughs> Only fell about twenty one percent at the box office. That's a really solid hold. Yeah. Um, still making five. Almost five point three million dollars this week when it was competing against another action movie in Argyle. Um, you know, I, I'm starting to kind of think that the beekeeper drank out of uh, Argyle's milkshake a little bit. You know, what do you think? I I agree. I think it's really looking at that twenty one percent hold because the week before was like also in the low twenties. That's like yeah, barely a change at all. Yeah, and for. What like at this point would we call Argyle like a top two, top three, like biggest name movie of the year so far? Yeah. And as counter programming for it genre wise to be pretty much in the same wheelhouse. Yeah. Like yeah. it held. It held on. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that the beekeeper, because it's just been holding so well, by the time everything is all said and done with Argyle and the beekeeper, the beekeeper I have made more money. Yeah. In my, like, that's my prediction. Yeah. And I, I feel like that this is a good lesson for studios. And to put Jason just, Statham in their movies. Yeah. Well, that, that, no, no, that you is had a good it. Yeah, lesson. No, that's the lesson. <laughs> that, that was definitely all I was planning on saying. Um, but, like, my, my thought process is just, like, we need more mid-budget films. Yes. You know, like, The Beekeeper, I think it had a $40 million budget. You know, yeah. Like Argyle's budget, I think, was almost two hundred. I saw that. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. You could have made five beekeepers for one Argyle. And why wouldn't you? Exactly. Like he'd be keeping them bees. You know. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> we've gotten to a point now with the beekeeper and with how well it's holding and performing, that it's looking like we're gonna get a beekeeper franchise. I have still not seen the beekeeper, but oh my gosh, am I excited for that? Ethan, can I give you homework for this? Week? Is it to watch the beekeeper, yes. Logan? Oh my gosh, I knew it. Y- y- you should. <laughs> I-, I will watch it with you. I I, I don't doubt that. Again. I believe you fully. <laughs> it, was, it was really fun. 
I, I like the beekeeper. Don't okay. don't tie I, yourself I, out. If you watch it again, you come back and you're like, you know what? It wasn't as good the second time. Oh, that would be so sad. That'd be I, heartbreaking. Yeah, that would be heartbreaking. Jason, I love you. I don't want to do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's kind of all we got for the beekeeper. No. Yeah, I know. It's so sad. Until next week. Yeah. Hopefully you keep holding beekeeper. You know, I mean, next week we'll see with the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. I think a lot of beekeepers audience just might not be going to the theaters that week. Dang. So we'll be talking a little bit about the Super Bowl and what next weekend will look like in a few minutes. But first, I just have a couple of short things to bring up. Wonka, Migration, they're still holding really well. Migration, that it had its digital release still doing good. You know it's a good week when migration's in the top five. Oh, again. yeah. Wait, is it in the top five or is it top six? It's top five. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's above Mean Girls now. Ooh. That is crazy. Mean Girls with a 42% drop. Yeah, I mean, just Mean Girls, same same problem you know as Argyle. I'm going to I'm gonna have to say it. I Maybe they were a little too mean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think at the end of the day, I think Paramount, was mean to the viewers yes and to to the audience that they wanted to have because they lied they did lie they made it look like mean girls was not a musical if you're gonna make a musical make a musical exactly and then put it out there as a musical exactly because sure you'll get people who don't go and see it because it's a musical but you'll also get people that do go and see it yeah because it's a musical you know I genuinely, like, I know there are people who don't like musicals. I yeah. don't think it's that wide that you're going to lose millions of dollars for hiding it. Yeah. Or for, for putting it out there, I mean. Yeah. Also, like, it was initially made to be a Paramount Plus movie. So, really, I think any amount of money that Mean Girls makes would kind of be a profit to Paramount just because initially they were planning on making no direct money from it. Yeah. So, like... Just why not? You know, I don't. I don't really see why they're doing this, but oh well. That's crazy though that that was number one last week and it's already out of the top five. I know, right? Yeah, that was the other thing. Like it and Beekeeper were so close. Where when we were talking last week, we hadn't seen the final numbers yet, and we yeah. were talking about how Beekeeper was number one. So yeah, little correction. Mean Girls barely beat out Beekeeper last week. So yeah, ignore we that. It was the other way around. We were wrong. Yeah, but um, still love Jason no matter what. All the time. Yeah. And now... Jason, if you're listening to this, we love you. Yes. And now Beekeeper is like 100% above Mean Girls. So yeah. like making over a million dollars more than Mean Girls. Can't can't so, wait to see Beekeeper at the Golden Globes next year taking home that, uh, that box office award. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to happen. It should. It should yeah. happen. Golden Globes, do it. Just do it. <laughs> You know, don't give it to the movie that makes the most money. Please don't. Give it to the movie that's the most Jason the Statham. Most. Yes. And that is Jason Statham and the beekeeper. <laughs> Anyways, uh, going back to other little short topics, uh, anyone but you. It's still in the top 10, kind of random. Just yeah. with anyone but you. Apparently, it's just been really popular on TikTok. So good for anyone makes but sense. you. Um, you know, making its money, making its ching. <laughs> that was so bad. Oh, my God. It, it's making its cha-ching. It yep. is making its cha-ching. Um, and so Sony is apparently now trying to do a thing for Valentine's Day where they, like, put in a few new scenes. And it's going to be, like, a special Valentine's Day edition for, of Anyone But You. For all the you. big fans of Anyone But yes. You. Yes. They've and been clamoring for I'm, weeks. I'm wondering 
if that will be a success or if it's going to kind of be like, it reminds me of what they did for Morbius. Morbius. Yeah. And how, because remember for Morbius, people were like, or the Sony was like, oh my God, everyone's memeing it. Let's make a special edition of Morbius and put it out there. And then it averaged like less than $200 at <laughs> the theater, theater or yeah. something like that. Like, I don't, do you I, remember that at all? I do. I or, do remember that. Yeah. I don't think they realized people liked memeing it. They did not like watching the movie. Yeah. They were memeing it because they didn't like watching the movie. Exactly. And anyone but you, I think, is going to be kind of for different reasons why I don't expect it to be too, too successful. Just like almost everyone who's seen anyone but you has probably seen it at this yeah. point. I don't think anybody's going to go out of their way to watch it a second time. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like everyone that I've talked to that's seen it has just said, oh, it was good, but not like, oh my God, it was amazing. It's right. one of my favorite movies like of the year, you know? I don't know. Have you kind of gotten different vibes about I, it? No, I've gotten the same vibes. And yeah. I think like the one, the one case that you could make is, or I guess the two cases, because one, Valentine's Day. Yeah. Maybe people are just like looking to go to the theater and see some like True. late rom-com. And I think that would be good for that. Um, second, obviously, Glenn Powell. That is true. Sydney Sweeney. Yeah. Come on. That is, those are More two of them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to counter some of that, Ooh. there is a rom-com coming out next week. Yes. In preparation for Valentine's Day. Yes. To get the couples excited. Let's go. Not to mention that it is the perfect counter-programming to the Super Bowl. Totally. Not because it's going to lure people away from the Super Bowl, that it will already watch the Super Bowl, but because the majority of people who are interested in this movie are definitely not... not care less about football. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that movie, if you don't already know what we're talking about, is... Lisa Frankenstein! Woo! Woo! Do you plan on seeing Lisa Frankenstein? I don't have plans now. I, I would go, either. though. Yes. Like, if, if a couple friends wanted to go, I would totally go do that. Me too. I, I'm actually kind of excited about it the trailers yeah. look fun i like the trailer yeah yeah it just it looks like kind of a good time yeah. you know uh, and I, I personally think it's a great counter programming to the super bowl like genuinely i was just saying it to hype it up do you feel the same way i would say so definitely yeah. i think having two audiences that are so vastly different mm -hmm. each with something to do yeah generally works in the favor of both of them exactly so and who knows, maybe Lisa Frankenstein will make like next to nothing. But right Possibly. now it's projected to make seven to 12 million. I feel like that's pretty accurate. Yeah. You know, I, I um, my guess is going to be around eight million. Yeah. What about you? I, I might even go a little higher. I don't know. Really? I don't think it's going to quite hit 10, but maybe like high nine range. I don't okay, know. Okay, that's fair. Because um, I do that just that one point about like, the people that are going to go see that are going to go see that as opposed to the alternative, which is watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's just a matter of if those people decide to just go to the movies this weekend. That is true. Also, will those people see Lisa Frankenstein or will they see the special edition of Anyone But You? I say Lisa Frankenstein. Me too. They've already seen Anyone But You. Exactly. And I just, like, Anyone But You, if... I think a lot of it's, like, possible Valentine's Day success. Like, if anyone but you turns out to be successful, it's because Lisa Frankenstein ended up getting a bad Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. And then people were like, all right, let's go and see anyone but you. But I'd say if Lisa Frankenstein has, like, high 60s or above, it's good. I would say so. Yeah.
So I guess we'll find out. You know. Not not to put it down because I do you know it's gonna be at Cinemopolis. Yeah, it's convenient. It is. But like, just just putting this out there, Glenn Powell, Glenn Powell, Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, more of them. Oh my gosh! I know. <laughs> Wild. Probably gonna. It's gonna be like a. That's remember? almost as good as Jason Statham. <laughs> you know they should release a special edition of the Beekeeper for Father's Day. <laughs> They should. Absolutely. And then you can finally go and see The Beekeeper with your dad. Finally. It's finally. been it's been a lifelong dream. I know this movie has only been around even in development for not even like two, three years, whatever. It's, been, it's since the day I was born. Yeah. This has been it. And, and you lost the opportunity. Yeah. During the last week before school. Dad, I know you're listening to this. Please come to Ithaca and please, let's go see The Beekeeper. Let's do it, okay? What, what are we doing? Come on. You should. You totally should. Totally. Like, yeah. It's the beekeeper. Your name is literally Jason. What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, I think that's all we have. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Do I have any? Aside from Jason Statham. I mean, that's that's always my final thought. Yeah. Every night when I go to sleep. Yeah, me too. You count sheep, I count Jason Statham. Um, No, I think that's all. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again and thank Everybody's you for having listening. me again i mean it's yeah. great to have you on the show cool this has been great Woo. Woo-hoo. and yeah we ethan and i we will be back next week yes on wednesday you can catch us on the ithkin take care take care <laughs> <laughs>